Hello, and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truths for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridicule or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. And please also consider making a small donation on my Patreon page so that I can continue to bring you amazing content so that we can all create a better future. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on to the show. Hi all, Sasha here with two quick messages before we get on to today's show. First of all, if you are looking for quality supplements, tonic herbs, and specialty food items, then please check out Lotus Herbal Health in Calgary. You can find them online at lotusherbalhealth.ca or go talk to them in person where everybody is welcome and you'll get some great advice from some great people at Lotus Herbal Health. Also, secondly, parents, parents-to-be, listen up. Our children are waiting for us to take back our parenting and consciously raise them, consciously conceive them, consciously birth them. There are so many things that we can learn about why we are the way we are. And the world is on a dangerous trajectory for the future of our children. And one of the most important and powerful ways that we can change that is to raise our children consciously, to be aware of what schooling does and what our words do and how we treat them when they're babies and how we sleep with them or not sleep with them and whether we breastfeed them or not or whether we hold them or not. There are so many things that go into forming who we are as adults. And it starts before conception, actually. So I put together an amazing resource called your Conscious Pregnancy and Parenting Guide, where I have interviewed experts from around the world in the fields of nutrition and homeopathy and parenting and psychology and dentistry and many other fields. And if you're looking for a resource that is out of the box, that is going to help you understand why we are the way we are, then look no further than your Conscious Pregnancy and Parenting Guide. And you can find it at www.sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide. I know you're going to love what you find there, so check it out. And now, on to our show. Hi, everyone. It's Sasha here with another interview for the Sovereign Collective podcast. And today I am delighted and blessed to be once again with Laura Uplinger, a pioneer and a force in the field of pre and perinatal psychology, and a woman who really brings to us and reminds us of the sacredness of conception and pregnancy and birthing and everything that makes the beginnings, the beginnings of a human being. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And I've had the honor to interview Laura before, not on my podcast, but not very long ago for my program, my online program, your conscious pregnancy and parenting guide, where we get into the power of conception and the power of conscious conception and the, how that shapes an individual and who they are and how important that is for paying attention to that, for changing societies and, and creating a different person in this world. So I had the honor for that in, to do that interview. It's in my program that is not available on the podcast. It's something that you have to look at. I'll have the link on that 
down below for your conscious pregnancy and parenting guides. And for now at the recording of this interview, it's still at a ridiculous price of 47 US dollars, but it won't be for much longer. So check it out if you're into anything around pregnancy and parenting and learning how our world and self-views are formed, then that is a program for you. It's quite amazing. I've have some, I've been honored to interview some amazing people for that program. But now on to today's show. So today, Laura, if you want to learn about her, her website is wondersofthewomb.com. And like I said, she's a pioneer in the areas of pre and perinatal psychology. And we're going to be getting into a very tough topic today, a topic that I was very on a very low level aware of just a year ago when uh, we're now in February 2021. We've had a, the craziest year of our lives on this planet. Um, and we're going to get into child trafficking today. It's a tough topic. And it's something that was brought to my attention at the beginning of this whole hoax, I want to call it. Um, and I didn't know the depths to which this is occurring, how widespread it is, to what levels these high levels of people in powerful positions, how they're participating in this and how it's, it's, a, it's an industry. And, and I did not know. So Laura, Thank you so much for being here today and for helping educate us on this very, I, I feel like crying. I got, I just got that tissue post case. I feel like crying now before we even start talking on this. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Um, um, dear Sasha, yes. thank you for inviting me. And um, it's an honor to be here with you. And the theme is tough. And I wasn't aware either that it has been very normal traffic for so long, we're talking millennia, and involving all the um, higher levels of society, from royalty to, to churches to industry. Um, I was aware, like most of your listeners and viewers, about Rosemary's Baby, and yes, satanic cults. Sometimes there would be a book um, of a teacher who was suspecting, like an elementary teacher suspecting that one of the children there, a little girl, was having something strange. I remember reading all those things. For me, child abuse, child trafficking, um, and satanic cults were part of the disease of our, of our human tissue but I did not know it was a flourishing industry that brings more money than the drugs. After armament comes human trafficking. And recently there was this João de Deus, John of God, a healer here in Brazil, like the Filipino healers, he could do surgeries, open organs just with his hands and, and cure people amazingly. And there was a town near Brasilia, our capital here in Brazil, that um, was dedicated to him, a town of prayer, uh, Abadiana, and from all over the world would come people visiting him. He was arrested recently, two years ago, and on accusations of a huge trafficking network, human trafficking for, for porn, for everything, including a house where young women were kept prisoners and they would be um, sexual objects for the ones who had power in Brasilia, 
And out of these relationships would be born babies. And automatically these babies were either used for organ harvesting or adoption, but also satanic cult. I mean, and that was big. The fact he's in prison, but the fact that he's talking and revealing the name of the normal ones who you used to use this facility let the authorities be more lenient as long as he can talk and help to understand the whole puzzle. Who is who? How come high power? And recently I saw, again in Brazil, a lady who is Damaris, who's in charge, you know, the Ministry of Justice. She's an important lady there and she gets calls day or night when something horrendous happens mm -hmm. and uh, the baby's age of 17 days are being abused. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and this is, it's something like rampant and she had called her meeting like a bipartisan meeting. Let's forget about politics. Let's think about citizens who are days old. And of course, yes, the family will do it, but also the trafficking of these, of these children. It was when I was with Sasha Stone in the International Tribunal for Natural Justice in Westminster. It was in, um, I think, April of, nine, of 2018. Then I heard from many places on earth, America, Europe, how big this network is. Mm -hmm. And who is so you're saying it's more lucrative than drugs so who is paying for this where's the money coming from who's who makes the money on this it's the same people apparently that have the armament industry the drug industry the pharmaceutical industry those are the ngos by the way when we think NGO, we think about breastfeeding, cute little moms and trying to do an NGO about awareness and consciousness about breastfeeding. No, the pharmaceutical companies are NGOs. They dictate governments, uh, governmental measures. Um, you will, uh, right now the vaccine is a perfect example. They will tell the governments, don't look for a cure, look for a vaccine. Why? Why, if, if the vaccine would take normally so long to find and doesn't really work with the uh, RNA? I know one thing, this shows a void. You need to have a huge void in you if you're going to lack empathy to that point, either when you traffic, when you have the money or when you sell your baby and this huge void, I don't know if you agree with me, is a lack of connection at the vertical. We have horizontal connections with people we meet, wonderful, and family members. But the connection with our essence, our higher self, since we were babies, that connection should be supported, should blossom, should be our real guide. You, you've met people who are really centered. Mm. All these people don't need to go into any possible corruption in order to go up the ladder of a 
I don't know, of an, an industry, of an establishment, of an enterprise. And that materialism has taken care of us. Now, there are statues and, and drawings of gods, Babylonian gods, eating little children, little, little bodies and babies being eaten. So I had no idea that cannibalism was fashionable. I heard recently a restaurant in Los Angeles was accused, was discovered. But some years ago, I heard that in China, it was a real delicacy in very important restaurants, very, very wealthy people. You could ask for human flesh. No. On the other hand, here in Brazil and Paraguay, Uruguay, we used to have the Guayaquis. They were gorgeous Indians. They died of sadness like so many Indians. And when you read the way they would bring up their children, you want to be a child with that kind of family, the principles of how they were brought up. And they were semi-nomads. They would go back once in a while to the same territories. They had agriculture. But they were polygamy or polyandry according, in order to equilibrate, to balance the, um, the ratio of men and women. But when one baby was born out of the season or a wrong sex, something they were not expecting, they would cook the baby and eat it. They would cook with the baby. Heart, with hearts and palm, of palms, yeah. The, almost the Pierre Clastre, a great uh, anthropologist from France, almost gives you the recipe. He lived with them, learned the language. And when he starts his book, he says, they do not exist anymore. So he saw the, the end. So he was able to still receive. So it has been with us, with the most lovely people. It's possible to eat. And they say that in Atlantis, there were experiments, hybrid experiments, like the Minotaur or the Centaur, the man and horse, and perhaps the pigs. Is some kind of human combination. Um, I remember there was an airplane who crashed in the Andes. And until they were found, there were some days, some of the dead bodies ended up being eaten by the survivors. And they said, oh my goodness, this tastes like pork. <laughs> and lo and behold, there are some porks. You can have a transplant from a, a long right. pig, let's say. Yes. So what are we, who are we? See, this brings us back. And it's interesting to talk about this, not just the facts. And please follow Sasha Stone's um, um, podcasts and, and interviews about the International um, Tribunal for Natural Justice, the ITNJ, as he says. Because yeah. he created that in 2015 under the demand of some people who showed him the facts of all this human trafficking and child abuse. So this is extraordinary, and we're still learning much. But who are we, Sasha? What are we doing here on Earth? What is this challenge to have a physical body? But sometimes we think we are the physical body. But let's remember we, we come from an essence that is energy. And that essence has an idea to spiritualize matter, to, to penetrate the brain and make it make it work towards life. And we have the two 
um, the two pools. We have this pull towards the noble, the dignified, the incredible, the, the sublime. And then we have this pull towards, towards hell. How come we carry in us those two dimensions? I remember studying with my spiritual teacher in Europe, who was from Bulgaria. His name is Omram. And he says, it's very simple. If you only listen to your personality and not to your individuality, this is how he made a difference. You end up all divided. You know, individuality, it's indivisible. But here, oh, interesting. Ah. And it's, it's diabolic, dia, you divide. And, and we're lost. And there's no, no ending. You always want more money more power, more this, more, and it can take you towards these atrocities. We haven't established our connection very well in human civilization with the sublime. We have many religions, many religion wars. <laughs> Spirituality. Um, even in India with the caste system, even if they have such a great combination of gods and Guruzvati and Sarasvati, we haven't established this communion, daily communion with our higher self in this body. I think we're getting on the brink of it. I think we're having more and more possibilities, but um, it's still a huge challenge. We prefer to go asleep. Absolutely. That's very apparent right now, isn't it? <laughs> very apparent. So with your knowledge around the beginnings of a human being prior to conception, conception, gestation, what, what are the things that need to happen for somebody to be okay with? I love your question. Well, the first thing would to be to be invited were you invited when your parents were in love just before they conceived you? Did they, did they think ah, we should have a child? Just that for the incoming soul. It's a certainty that my place is here. Not many of us were wanted or planned or invited. I don't like the word plan because it's not a matter of planning. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But invite opening up. I mean, all these conceptions were the couple uh, can, can be in that state of mind saying, is there someone ready to come? We're here, we're open. This is who we are. We are ready to offer ourselves for the next, I don't know, at least 18 years as far as bringing up and then it's for the rest of your life. Sasha, it has never been done. It is in most of the traditions I have studied. I always say from the Andes to the Himalayas, there are so many traditions from Patagonia to North Pole where women are told that their imagination is all powerful during pregnancy. The traditions were there, but they were never applied. And the ruling classes, this is a big um, detrimental issue. Ruling classes, since the very beginning of our establishment with land, and cattle and agriculture, then came the churches and the power, the men, patriarchy was born there. 
for very interesting reasons, they, they think. But there was matriarchy before that was even more cruel sometimes than patriarchy. Oh, wow. But since we know patriarchy, the written history, every time a woman with power, social economical power, would have a baby, she would have a wet nurse. She would not bring up that baby. She would not breastfeed that baby. The baby would never feel um, like he was worthy of her attention, of her presence. It is difficult to bring up a child. It, uh, it brings us to our knees sometimes. Mm. But the joys are extraordinary also. Yeah. And it came naturally to you. It came naturally to me. And around you, perhaps, there were people leaving the children in daycare centers at the age of six months or three months. Did you? No. My son's never even been to school. <laughs> never mind a daycare. When you say no, it came from it comes with your came with your breath. Oh yeah. How come you have this entirety? This is the recipe we need for humanity. Let's be it for our moms. No, no way. So this is right. extraordinary. This is what we need. More of that, and we can start building consciousness, conscious homes. Right. So that's what I was going to say. So how do we, how do we change this path that we're on? It's that's so that's what I'm trying to do is raise the awareness with it. But how do we get through to a population that seemingly does not want to know? I, I. Well, until the 1980s, science would refuse looking into that. They thought about genetics as the god of birth and, and the life in the womb. It, it, they call it genetic determinism, according to how which sperm and which uh, egg uh, would meet, the material they would exchange genetically would dictate all the development in the womb. And whatever the woman would do, yoga, singing, crime, whatever, drugs, would not affect the baby that much or almost would not affect. I remember in, in France, they would say, no, you can drink and smoke. The placenta is protecting your baby from you. And now there was a, there's a big turnaround. Placenta doesn't protect the baby. Protect against some bigger uh, cells, yes, but the placenta is an organ of transfer. It's like a loudspeaker. If the woman drinks one little cup of coffee, the baby, if the baby is 20 times smaller, the baby drank like 20 times, 20 cups of coffee. But then came in the 90s the epigenetics. And that is extraordinary. This is our huge hope now that all this philosophical and gorgeous talk, even with transpersonal psychology, now it's validated by science. Yes, there is there are genetics, genetic factors, but the way the mother lives, the atmosphere she gives to her pregnancy, how she sees herself and in life and the universe becomes food for the baby. And some genes are either put to sleep, either activated according to how the mother lives. So now, we are able, and it, 
Listen, this was found very well, the hypothesis Barker in the 90s, and many other um, cell biologists, even like Bruce Lipton, there were many things convening to, ah, okay, it exists, but only um, from 2008, it has become officially, officially, officially recognized. Wow, it's not that so, long. Not that long, because it takes time for people to say this is it. We think science is something extremely precise, but when it comes to human beings, we're always with empirical knowledge that is converted into statistics and this and that and science. But it is my great hope, Sasha, that because now we know it, little by little, we're gonna be able to start anew the way we look at pregnant women I'm here in a place in, um, by the sea near the town of Sao Paulo in Brazil, where there's a center, one of the first ones in the world by public health um, officials. It's only dedicated to the well being of pregnant women. They're yoga, they're belly dancing, they're um, groups of, it's not mommy and me, but it's a, a mommy and me with baby still in the womb, um, Reiki, a magnetism massage their well-being from the mental to their joy. By the way, joy is a great factor for health. It's, it's exactly the hormone that is opposite of the hormones of stress. So a person at any age in joy has more health. We know that intuitively, but it's so good to know that they can, <laughs> they can prove it scientifically. And the world needs more joy. And it's funny, we often want to help the poor. Of course we need to help the poor. They're living under a bridge, they're homeless. They're, and it's so rewarding to help those who are in misery or poverty. But this is not okay. We need to keep on helping them perhaps, but help the very rich. These are the ones who put our, our civilization in danger. A very wealthy family might have a, a son or a daughter who later on will go to a very important university. But if, if that person did not blow, blossom, sorry, in the vertical, as we were saying before, that person can be devising weapons of mass destruction. That, that person can feed the status quo. This person can just be, just reproduce everything we see. And one day, without that inner strength, say yes to child abuse. I hear that Mel Gibson and some others from Hollywood spoke against their peers. Oh. This is a no-no. I mean, Hollywood is a huge industry. What do you tell a young actor? Oh, this is an industry that is into blood drinking? Oh no. <laughs> so let's talk about that blood drinking. So this is what I heard in the beginning when it's learning about Hollywood and adrenochrome and pedophiles and all this stuff. It's like, so what do you know about that? Because people are gonna listen to it when it's new to people, it is so beyond believable. You just you can't so people just I don't want to shut them off. 
Because that's at first I'd like to, I, when I first heard it from a friend I'm like whatever what do you, what do you mean like what and and they talk about all yeah, these it, big huge names it's very hard to talk about those things because the only thing we can say uh, you and I is that it will be proven soon people will come forth and explain what happened and confess oh, what in the meantime we're considered weirdos now adrenochrome is a substance produced by the adrenal glands when the person is in a state of huge stress and extreme terror. And uh, if you're a baby or a little child, you're, the way you feel the stress and the terror is even higher. So the quality of the adrenochrome in your bloodstream will be, of a, will be better. And it's taken from the child by the vertebra here, the base of the head. Oh. The problem is not a drug that gives like a high, like a, a, will make you understand something like an ayahuasca or an LSD, and then you go on living with that experience. It works, but it needs to be taken every day. It's the prob problem of the drugs of the family of adrenaline. When I went to the UN to a meeting of child abuse uh, with the, organized by the Vatican. It was 2017 at the UN in the big CSW, Commission for the Status of Women. And uh, I think they were their 63rd meeting where you see women from all over the world, like about 8,000 women through the corridors of the UN and several little places near the UN and um, over 450 NGOs and there was a big meeting with the, the Vatican had organized that. The number that day that I heard was 500,000 children disappear every day in the US. There were uh, social workers in New York that were associated with some of their uh, associations. And um, what? And now they say, if you go on the internet, it's about 800,000. Sasha. Some kids disappear. There is child trafficking, but 800,000. What are we talking about? Yeah. And it might be exactly that. So they even have which child, what age, what race will produce a better terror over a huge stress and release in their bloodstream the better adrenochrome. It needs to be taken daily. Otherwise, like in those hocus pocus movies, you know, the, the face goes back into the, its former. Because yes, it brings youth, it brings energy. It takes away wrinkles. It takes, um, women don't like aging. What a pity. If we live well, our young years, why not accept? Let's, we can be in good health, even being old, even the, it's a little saggy, yes, but we can do so well. I'm over 65 and I'm loving it. It's very different, but. Yeah, we've, we've, we've been told that we can't get old. And so the women have bought that story and are doing everything they can. And I think again, they're not aligned this way in the vertical and they just see the the physical and that's who they they identify with and who are they without their beauty without their skin without their plump lips right it's 
and it's sad because you see somebody what I see when I see somebody like that who's so overdone that way I just see somebody who doesn't know who they are yeah and we are pleasers if we take the, this this part of, of women we, we somehow we have to please the system the the husband the, the sister-in-law we have to please sometimes fashion has very strict rules and those who demand that women follow those rules are other women men are not so demanding they just want to hug you <laughs> I never followed um, much of a fashion, which was me. I mean, and I think I've been dressed in the same way since I'm 12. <laughs> and uh, which yeah. would drive my mother crazy. But you know how? She was, she was a woman, a, a wife of a diplomat. She knew about it. Oh. She, she had to accept her daughter. Uh, I was clean. It's <laughs> a mom, it's clean. <laughs> but um, women, we're especially the Latin women, we are brought up to please. It's okay to please, but let's please heaven first. And let's be agreeable to our very highest ideals and then see what we can do with our humans. We don't need to go with everybody, just do what the others are doing. Not necessarily, because we'll never be um, tall enough. You know, everybody has those high heels. We'll never be, um, oh, this is never red enough. It's not red. I'm not seven years old. I'm not 10. Mm -hmm. I've seen kids having those lips. Oh my goodness, those colors. That's their color. And then we have to take all the all the hair from the pubic area, like a little kid, the age of seven, eight. What's going on? Mm. We refuse constantly what nature is giving us. We have to pay attention. We have to compose. Yes, we can cut hair, take care. But let's be happy with who we are. And if it doesn't work so well this lifetime, let's work well so that in next lifetime we have the body we want. I, this is how I, I go long term. I don't have everything I would dream of. Okay, then let's, every single part of our body corresponds to a feeling, a thought, a virtue, and something we've done in the past. And it's now in, the, in here as a result. If it weren't for reincarnation, that, that concept of reincarnation, I wouldn't be so interested in studying the divine. But if I come over and over and over, learning and then learning again, like Mozart. Mozart came. He had already been a great musician. So at the age of five, six, he could compose and didn't need to ask anybody how to compose a symphony at the age of 12. So... I would tell women, relax, be who you are, be the best of yourself. And next lifetime, you, know, you might be born in a better family, in better circumstances, in a better body. It's okay. But in the meantime, every day counts. And the beauty of your soul will speak through your eyes to everybody who knows how to see. Sometimes plants and animals and children see it first. But humans too. Plato used to say that the reason why we have education is to instill in everyone the love for beauty. Of course we need the external beauty, but boy, the inner beauty is so much more important. Let's work on that one. The external one will be a consequence. And inner beauty and satanic cults don't coincide. Uh -huh. See, this is if we can bring the love for beauty 
in the arts. In the arts, we came to a point where we love ugliness just to show that we have character. Come on, art is not here to describe reality. Reality, we can see it with our own eyes. We don't need an artist. Artists are here to take us to other levels, to inspire us, to fertilize our minds and hearts so that we can be our best. Where are these artists? And who is responsible for bringing monsters on earth? Women, because we're also responsible for bringing divinities on earth. Saints, gorgeous philosophers and, and politicians. It nature has somehow relied on women during those months of pregnancy with their own flesh. They educate that newcomer because we, we depend on our body. We depend on our neurophysiology. I don't know if I mentioned in our podcast about prenatal, but Peter, Peter Nathaniels, an interesting author, a teacher of Cornell University, in one of his first books on epigenetics, he says, the health of a person at the age of 50 depends more on what he or she lived in the womb how formation happened, then his habits of eating, sleeping, and exercising. And we know those three habits are so important mm. for health. When you're 50, yes, but above that comes what we lived in the womb. Right. So I have a couple things I want to bring up. First of all, going back to the pleaser and raising pleasers, and then you think about the predators out there and they're approaching. If you teach someone to be a pleaser, what happens when somebody comes in a predator and they're not connected with their 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 guidance, emotional guidance system, and they don't want to say no because they don't want to displease. So a woman faced with, or a child or a teenager, you know, faced with a predator, we're we're putting our children in dangerous situations when we're we're teaching them to just simply please. Yes. How many books have you come across for children with great stories or songs about intuition? Because intuition will never shout. It doesn't. It whispers. Mm. So children can listen to that whispering. It whispers once sometimes. And then we don't pay attention because we want something else. Right. And we go ahead. Everything goes wrong. Right. How come we don't worship intuition. How come our, our children don't see us meditating a little bit more? No, I'm not saying long moments, but a little place in the room where you go and quiet yourself. They even recommend um, that you have, even if it's just one square meter, one square yard, a place only dedicated to that, a time of connection in the morning, the evening, whenever, where you can, guess even meditation would have a great reason is to remember what we came to do on earth. So many adults are not leading the lives they came for. They're not developing their qualities, their talents, their aptitudes, their gifts. This is our mandate here. It's not to fight like some, sometimes religions would say, I'm not here to fight my, um, my downside. I'm here to live my gifts. And uh, it's an obligation 
when I die, they won't, they won't look so much at what I did wrong. Sometimes it was part of a whole other network. But how did I develop my gifts? I'm a musician, I'm a great administrator. I'm, there's something I came here to excel into at my level, but still to excel. How did I live that? I mean, there you would have a great recipe for human beings to be happy. Make everybody live what they came here to do. I don't know what would happen to our economics, but I am sure we'd find solutions. Mm -hmm. And this is very recent. Social inclusion was never meant during all the centuries of aristocracy and things, you know, since uh, this new era, since, since Jesus, even before. I mean, injustice, the lack of social inclusion, abuse of power, they have been with, with us forever. forever. So I'm very happy that we can now talk about those things. It becomes heard and known by many. There are books about that. And, um, and mindfulness becomes a fashion. I mean, well, I'm not into fashion, but mindfulness <laughs> this is fantastic. Give me fashions like that, like altruism with all the social entrepreneurship. Didn't exist when I was young. We didn't have the word for that. There were people doing it, of course. But I went to, in Oxford, a big meeting of the Skoll Foundation. They have their awards once a year in Oxford in, in the spring. And so you're in a room with a thousand people of all ages, all of them crazy. All of them had done something with their lives that somebody said, no, it will never work. Said, yes, I want to bring glasses for everybody in Laos because I'm a... I'm a French optometrist and I was there on vacation and back to Paris and in Malala and all these extraordinary beings that dedicated their lives to an ideal against the approval of the status quo. Mm -hmm. and when it, it gave results. And several NGOs about girls, not brides, those who are trying to fight this constant underage marriage. Little girls of 10 marrying men of 70. We Ugh. can't condone that. Let them be girls, not brides. It's a gorgeous association. And you have so many. It's a social entrepreneurship. That's a new chapter for humanity. It came with the second half of the 20th century. It's very recent. So to come back to so we have all these beautiful things going on to come back to some of the darkness. What has to happen? So with your knowledge, with conception and prenatal psychology and the womb experience and everything, what happens to create a sociopath, a psychopath, a criminal? Like what are, what are the things that are creating these criminals, the criminal element, the people that don't have the empathy? Well, lack of connection. You see, um, there's an extraordinary psychiatrist, and you won't hear me saying that very often, and he's American. Um, his last name is Perry, um, Bruce Perry. He is from Texas. He was one of the psychiatrists with the children of the Waco, Texas. Whoops, sorry, I have your noises. Um, Waco, Texas, where so many people died. Yeah but some children had been released before. So they had been released. They were there with the enemy that was the normal world. And uh, they thought they were demons almost. 
they were under huge stress and Bruce Berry was one of them, the psychiatrist who was able to work with them. He wrote several books, but one of them is Born to Love. Our constitution is to be born to love. And he tells a story, very first story. It's a, you can't put this book down once you start. Um, it's the story of an 18-year-old quarterback, great, from Texas, already um, promised to one of the um, Ivy League universities, and um, really, and a great guy. Everybody loved him, and it's his birthday. He's his 18th birthday, and he invites everybody from his class. This is a suburb of a good, nice town in Texas. I don't remember which town. And there is, there are two or three children in the neighborhood that had grown up with him now, teenagers also, that he also invites, including a girl that was considered slow. She did not have the high intellect, the average intellect. Mm -hmm. And the party goes on very well. And then at one moment, he starts raping in the middle of others and inviting others to rape that girl that was- Oh my goodness. And I mean, it was not something even hidden. So came the police and he went to jail. He was 18. The mother had never worked, um, uh, was one of these family that was wealthy enough. And they asked Bruce Perry to talk to the, the child and the mother. And he was really puzzled because all the details he had about bonding, about the connection, about what makes this empathy um, uh, the gift of empathy is something that we should all have. But what, why was it so absent there? Right. It was monstrous what this boy had done. Until one day he heard the mother say, it was already, uh, it was again another nanny. Is it another nanny? Oh yeah, because, you know, I did not know how to take care of a child. So I wanted a nanny to help me. And also I have to sometimes play bridge and do some charity work. So I needed somebody at home. But every time I would come home and I would see that my child was smiling more towards that, that uh, babysitter or that nanny than towards me, I knew my place as a mother and I would send this woman away. So that baby, could never have one person to bond. No bonding. No bonding, no attachments. Yes. Which left the room of just nothingness. This is, this is so, so, so difficult sometimes to understand that the natural way is a must. The child needs to be, when you said no, coming from your, your breath, that happened between you and your child. You were there for him, for real. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what every child deserves. And if it cannot be the mother, it will be one other person, but you need one um, caretaker so that we organize ourselves around that person. We are very flexible, a lot. We can endure a lot. But if every time I'm bonding with somebody, something happens and I don't bond, 
I am in it can be very bright and live in a castle, I will be a criminal of some sorts. Mm-hmm. Perhaps just with armed trafficking. Perhaps I won't kill anybody, but I will make so many others being killed just because I want to have more money in my pocket. Right. Oh, so we have what happens when, so through attachment style parenting, can we restore, what is the capacity to restore the bond or to heal that bond as we progress into life from preconception and beyond? It's very easy to heal, but we need consciousness. Okay. It's so possible. It's so easy. Anytime we can start breast, first, it's a horrendous pregnancy, rejecting the child and all, and suddenly realizing at birth that, oh, oh, this is what I meant to do, because it happens. Right. Breastfeeding. You know, it's like when you have a second time to do some tests in university, you ask for your teacher, can I, can I do another exam if I bring this and that from home? Or Yes. Just breastfeeding is still a moment when you can re-pattern and um, but you need consciousness and love and then later very few can be done to the child because it will come as a just as a little thin layer what will be expressed in the child is what comes from the essence but then when the child grows up then yes he or she can do something but again with consciousness sometimes therapy Mm-hmm. But, but teachers, um, society, summer camps, schools, and very little. They will be very limited because we are faithful to what we received in the womb. We recognize it as familiar. We think it's our identity. A violent pregnancy or a pregnancy spent just please, and I'm exaggerating here, but almost like in a cartoon, I will, every time I please the other, renouncing me, myself, I'm being faithful to how, to what I learned in the womb. The womb is a school, used to say, Mm. David Cameron, our first classroom. And we will implicitly remember, not an explicit memory, but it will remain with us and will dictate so many of our choices. So if we want to get out of it, I remember a t-shirt at APA, the Association for Pre- and Perinatal Psychology. The, they say it's never too late to have a good birth. Like you can re-imagine the whole thing and re-pattern and rebuild yourself. But this is a, an act of will, an act of inspiration. And uh, it's not by chance and not something that the others can do unto you. Sometimes. Yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, that's the work of Elena Tonetti Vladimirova, who does these birth into being birth shops. And I brought her here many years ago, where you go through a, a series of days of, but you basically reprogram your limbic imprint and do that and repattern your birth and your experience to create a different reality. Possible. Yeah, there are many, including for those who are interested in Elena, it's extraordinary. I met her with, uh, with APA, the Association for Prenatal and Perinatal Psychology and Health. They're extraordinary therapists. 
and for children who have been adopted from war um, countries. You have Michael Trout, and in cases as adoption, the Infant Parent Institute in Illinois. Wow. Uh, Detroit, he's an extraordinary human being. There are so many solutions, so many therapies available. But my life is dedicated so that it doesn't happen. So that we are already born with the best instrument. And we don't need to long for so long um, for something, for more cohesion inside. Yes. Yeah. So what are some other reasons? Look, what do people look to when they don't know what to do? They see something, they see something in their own selves that they want to heal, or they see something in their child. Like, like, for example, I know someone, she has two sons. One is younger. One is about my son's age, about, about 10 or 11. My son's 12 today. Um, but an, an older one has gone to her, his father in, an, in the States. And, but she's very glad to be rid. Like she loves him. But she says he's a sociopath. His father is a sociopath. And he is following in that footstep. Is that something you can undo? Like the sociopathic tendencies, the psychopathic tendencies, can you change those? You cannot change that in someone, but that someone can change that in it himself. Can. Always, always. Okay. And even a horrendous life as a sociopath, the last 10 minutes of that life, suddenly understanding that counts so much for the experience they will have on the other side and how they come back on earth. I have one, one thing I say to myself quite often, even these days, if cosmic intelligence let that happen, it will be for, first I let to happen also. I mean, I cannot just go to war against every child abuser. War would ne never solve anything. Right. But, um, if cosmic intelligence accepts this, something can be done with it. And um, either for the person as an experience throughout so many lifetimes, and perhaps we have all been abused and abuser for a long time. I am often confronted here in Brazil to the slave. Brazil was one of the last countries who gave up slavery. Oh, okay. When you study a little bit those those huge ships that would come, uh, sailing ships that would come with the, with the slaves to Brazil or even to the US, it would change the route of the, the sharks. Because, you know, somebody who would be sick would be thrown overboard. Uh -huh. would be thrown overboard. And the sharks knew how to follow those boats. I mean, wow. those were centuries that this was done. Um, I see here uh, in Brazil, so much has happened. Even some slaves who had their, found their own freedom escaping, they ended up having slaves of their own. <laughs> We're talking about this network of human trafficking and it's sex slaves, right? We also say that for the, those who are, for the sex trafficking. Um, it's good for us to know, even countries like Denmark, and of course, England, they were, they needed their fortune with slaves working in plantations. And there are extraordinary men and women who were against it. There was even a novel by a Canadian um, writer 
the Book of Negroes, which is all based on true facts. And of course, it's like a great, you know, those historical novels. Mm -hmm. Really is able to forget the name of the author, but the Book of Negroes is a real book that exists. And um, it's, it's sobering when we look into who were we, all this trafficking, the route for opium, how opium was, even the Chinese were not that much into drugs, how much the people from the Western world made them be more dependent, how we use others so that they can be uh, possessed or I can command them the misuse of power. We somehow we are obsessed with having power over others. Yeah, power is something you should have over. We should have over ourselves. That's when power becomes interesting. Mm-hmm. How much power do do I have over myself? In the small things and the big things, even in my gestures. And um, this is all the path of initiation, right? In the school of Pythagoras, this is what they would learn. They would spend seven years in silence after having been admitted there. Seven years in silence? Seven, seven years. Wow. And, wow. and bullied, and bullied to make sure they really wanted initiation. And now we have those books, the autobiography of Yogananda is in every airport. Gosh, guys, read that. Mm-hmm. Drink that wisdom. It used to be so, such a treasure before, but now, Many people open boutiques for a little bit of meditation. They think they're doing spirituality. No, it's a life force. And, um, and that is power. When you find a person who has power over himself or herself, that person comes into a room and ooh, people sense that person. They can be dressed in jeans. It's not a matter of social belonging, but soul belonging. That person has a higher connection with their higher self. And that's, it's an example. And, um, and we thrive just by being near a person like that. Feels good. Sometimes they're healers for, for dogs, for, for animals. Sometimes they're healers for human. But their presence is healing. Why? Because they have achieved a state of being human that is more cohesive and, of course, more powerful. But they will never harm. That's the thing. These people would never harm anybody. They wouldn't harm a plant. Mm-hmm. And that makes me think of that. It's like you're saying it's healing to be in their field because you're in their field and that's it's a different resonant frequency. And it reminds me of how you had explained in our last interview about the sperm going to the egg and how it's not what we think it is. It's not a fight to get there. It, it's, 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 it's about resonating with which one at the time. And so it totally makes sense. You're in somebody who is, they, they're just emitting a different energetic frequency. Totally. And everything is about energy frequency. Everything. And I, I know that even stones can be cut with the laser ray as if they were butter. It's just to put every single um, entity of light exactly vibrating at the same right. in unison. Then it's powerful. Around me, those particles, those waves of light, are totally normal. But if I find a way to put that in a laser beam, and we will use light and the force of cohesion, I can cut a stone as if it were butter. This is gorgeous. Those ideas, um, I, I like it. 
people say, no, you shouldn't do that. You're transposing from one field to the other. So I will transpose from the field of um, laser beams. And when, all, when a person is centered, it will have that force and will be able to see th through life, through problems, with new solutions, with creativity. That's why these people are so fascinating, even when they're young, because they find different solutions. They become very different kinds of leaders, not a leader that leads by rules by the force, but rules by the ingenuity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I feel that with you. I really feel your energy, even through this machine here. I can, there's a calmness, there is a, a reverence for humanity and the spirit and the possibilities. And I'm getting emotional again. I don't even know why, but. Um, yeah, no, I think you the feel future. the future. No. Yeah, we, we, we are what we think, right? So if you spend many years thinking things that are very inspiring to you, I'm still me. But the things that have been um, teaching me to be me are so extraordinary. This is why I just adored having met at the age of 22, this master Om Ram, because he, he was able to decipher for my mind, it was perfect. I was just finishing applied psychology, which was at the opposite, how to manipulate people with subliminal um, mm. publicity with the tests of opinion and uh, I don't know, I, I had to divorce from that psychology and I was distraught and I found the esoteric psychology with that uh, Omram and he allowed me to see life differently and everything is a possibility. There were some inconveniences. I, I was finishing university at the Sorbonne in Paris and here I am, I, had, I knew nothing about the gnomes or elves or angels or, <laughs> or thoughts and devas and spiritual teachers and gurus, nothing. I was like daycare center. Okay, you're finishing university, you're somebody. No, nobody. Right. Oh my goodness, I don't even know who lives in the water. Who's there? Oh yeah, the Ondines. Okay, so, but how come? And I don't see them because if I were clairvoyant, I would have navigated easily, but not being clairvoyant, I wanted to understand. But this is what, um, great spiritual teachers are able to do. They're ambassadors from the, from the world of heaven, helping us. And it's a, there are two currents. Some want the kingdom to come here, like Jesus has in the, the Lord's prayer. Um, may your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And that current is very powerful. Many other currents is like, let's get rid of this year. It's a, a valley of sorrows. And uh, let me pay all my karma and, and check out. Mm. I have better things to do somewhere else. Okay, it's a possibility. But the order of Melchizedek, so many great masters also, they want to bring the, bring the kingdom here on earth. Whoa, then I have to be a temple myself. Oh my goodness, then how? Where do I start? Start by daily life. How you sleep, how you, how you eat, how, how you do the slightest things. And you know, here, even if I'm still not extremely enlightened about all these subjects, I read some about them, but at least I could work on my, my being. And that brought me a beginning of peace. I haven't achieved peace yet, but it's a beginning. And I already can bask in that beginning. 
It's like when you have a ray of sunshine, you have a ray of sunshine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you resonate with that because you have been in the same path. Perhaps intellectually, you don't have all the names to give, but you have given up so many possible things in order to keep on your own way, to be truthful to yourself. And that's, what, that's how you feel and you are sensitive to this. And I love it because it's universal. You can be talking with a fisherman in Malaysia or with a, a great shaman in the Andes, it would be the same talk if the person is tuned. And motherhood also does that. In Pythagoras schools, there were no, no women. There were no women? No. no. How come no women? And I remember Omram saying, they don't need it. No, no <laughs> if they want initiation, they can be mothers. <laughs> For him, he didn't repeat that very often, but I heard him say, true initiation is when you dedicate yourself completely to a high ideal and you make the best of yourself into that daily task. Hey, it's called motherhood also. Wow. You are a different person now than when you were 13 years ago, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You are much more yourself into yourself. I'm probably a lot more dedicated to myself, to my to just my truth and, 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 and being in alignment. Do you find more you in you now than 13 years ago? There's more Sasha, more dimensions of Sasha right now in front of me. Yeah. Met you yeah. 13 years ago. And these 13 years you've been pregnant and you've birthed and you had, uh, uh, you had your baby. Yes. It, it gives you an idea of how more close you are to yourself. And then you're more attentive to others. Yes, it's it's hundred percent true. Which is what blows my mind is that I don't see that as widespread. I see that I remember had a friend who she went to the states for a while, and there they have a much shorter maternity leave than we have here. And since then, it's I think been. But but what she's when she went back to work, she said, "Well, everybody goes back to work after three months. Why wouldn't I?" And I was so shocked by that comment. And I wasn't even a mother yet. And being a mother, I couldn't even imagine that. And I just don't see, like, it's such a massive drive within me that that mama bear warrior instinct that has been really awakened in this last year for a, a, the children of the world. But I don't understand where are these mothers? Where is that connection to their own intuition as a mother to protect and to be there to advocate i think there are more and more of them but right now so many wounded women and men are being healed there's so many therapies at least they can recognize why they did not take the path of this kind of motherhood why so many women wanted to please their men who demanded they would be their wife before being the, the right. mother the children so send it to boarding school send it to the nannies men like that but there's healing happening and i think you would be happy um to know that many women found it on their own sometimes almost by mistake oh okay you got a good promotion so i can stay home a little bit more and then the baby's one year old oh no come on let's do that let's have one car instead of two and let me i don't want to miss the first words of our child. Sometimes it seems to come from the heart, but it's also from a deeper wisdom. And many children 
Oh, the pandemic, the, this, the pandemic, as you call it. Mm. So many children had the gift of their parents. They couldn't, kids could not be taken care to, couldn't be taken to daycare centers. And they, they were there with mom and dad. For some of them, it was a huge um, victory. They did not need to be dropped, all dressed at 7 a.m. somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are waking up, Sasha. Things are happening. Yes. Even your podcast is going to inspire some to listen to that voice inside. Why should I obey? The feminists um, have sometimes forgotten that it's great to work, but the state benefits from that. Two income taxes per family. Yes. Hello. Perhaps if we recognize mother's work as work, perhaps we could even have a salary. Who tells me that taking care of a baby and a little one and even a teenager is not work? It's huge work. I remember some feminists in America saying, calculating everything a woman would have to pay for others to do their work, all the driving, all the cooking, all the homework, all the outings. So if you have a professional for all of that, it was above $100,000 a year. This was at the end of the 1990s. This is very good, um, over $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Hello? Can we talk about that? Can we give value? Because it's so much easier to go back to the office. It is. On your own enterprise than to be with a baby. But then you're going to have the rewards of those sometimes difficult moments during toddlerhood where all of your attention had to be there all the time, there comes a teenager who will be your friend mm-hmm. because you and you breastfed him and somehow he received from you enough so that he can be himself and he'll blossom in that happiness. Yeah, and I think that's the thing a lot of people think don't realize that a lot of what they do in those early formative years are going to be expressed in the later years, right? We're, we don't really know the results of what we're doing until later on. But above all, if, I, if my mother has a center, if she's centered, I will have my center one day. Children should be like satellites, not the center of our lives. We have to take care of our of being centered women and men but i'm talking women but now because of pregnancy should never forget that relationship with the vertical and even a daycare center can work if the woman has really that the child will understand why she's working is not a choice sometimes right right if women could lead that way and have pregnancy with a vertical liaison with their own higher self would be ideal for humanity because we're made to work like that. Yes, yes. And so many things are distracting that that connection, right? To just think of people sitting with the news on all day or their TV on, not even just the words coming out, but the there's got there's frequencies for sure coming out there and interrupting their own natural frequencies. And then- yes, and this habit that we have not to think, not to read, not to question. Sometimes you have one great teacher tells you how to have critical thinking by taking you into great literature texts 
and you see what the author went through to write that and, and you give value, that's one, one, one way. But great teachers are hard to, to find. Yeah, I think even more so now, yes. So circling now back around to the opening topic of child trafficking, what do you feel, how are we going to change this course? How do we save these children? How do we, what do we do? Well, my, my hope, and uh, it's also a certainty, is when all of this is revealed from those tunnels and those horrible things, tell us where there's since the Phoenicians. We're talking really many, many millennia back. This has been with us forever. We can put a stop on it. We've learned, this is my hope, we have learned what we needed to learn somehow, karmically or with it. Some children died immediately when they came, came to the air, to the light. And there's some hybrid experiments also. They used children in strange experiments. So the level of the horror is still going to increase. We're not gonna have an easy um, 2021, but it will be exhilarating to see things finally coming to the surface so that we can make our choices because that will help people to wake up. Right, it has to get uglier before it gets better, I think, right? We have to face the ugliness because it's us also. Yeah. What the others are doing, I'm doing it. I'm part of everything. So I might be the Laura here working for pregnant women, I might, oh no, nothing to do with me, but it involves me. These are my brothers and sisters also. But no, they don't have a soul. Last time I checked, they had a soul. And perhaps they even came for us to wake up this time, one for good. And uh, I'm very hopeful and in the future, in the long term. On the other hand, um, Child abuse has been with us. If you go to Google, child abuse is the most common abuse. Not just by the parents or by adults, but look at Lord of the Flies, by even children. So, and by the brothers, the siblings. So let's name all that stuff and then see what can be done because we can turn back to our essence and bring much more light into the expression of who we are. But First World War, the second one, many revolutions, all that is man-made. Because child trafficking, child abuse comes with a, a horrendous abuse of power. They call deep state, deep government, deep internet. I knew that most of the internet were used for pornography since its inception. But I didn't realize that there was a parallel world of a deep internet for child trafficking, for arms and drug trafficking. It's the same thing. And even the, the rulers of all that, they're still puppets. And this is now what is at stake. Lots of these um, false figures will come down. I don't know what happens on the other side. I would like to be a soul seeing what yeah. happened on the other side. Yes. Can something be reused from these people? 
did they come as a with a mission? Are they just actors? Shakespeare used to say we're all actors. This is just a stage. Life is a stage. Mm -hmm. and, um, Not the case. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I am extremely hopeful that we will face the horror. It will be hidden for a little while more. But it comes with so many other things, all the economics. There is not one reason for, for people to be miserable on earth. Misery, poverty with dignity can be a choice. Misery, never. Mm -hmm. And it's wherever you look at misery is man-made. So we talk, about, we talk about child trafficking. Yes, and it, but it's not something isolated. It comes with this whole scenario of we accepting to misuse our monies, our wealth, at the, in the corridor of the General Assembly of the UN. It was when? It was 2007. I was there just walking. I had to see some people. And I saw a big triangle, very big, like that. And I looked. It was a graphic from 2003 of all every single money and penny the United Nations, like 102 nations, would give to the military and all kind of military um, enterprise, military service, armament, everything. And on the bottom, there was a gray area, like 20, 22% of the triangle. And there was a legend written with that amount of money. We're talking about, we are in the UN, New York, General Assembly corridor. It was not, um, conspiracy, anything. It was right. truly stated. Yeah. With that amount of money, we can have drinking water, food, housing, and schooling for every single inhabitant of the planet. So what is lacking, Sasha? Goodwill. They, knew, they have to know how, they have to know why. Yeah. We're there in a we're not even talking about the black market stuff of armament. We're not, the numbers there was before the war of Iraq, was, which started in 2003, but that was a, a graphic from 2003. So we right. have everything in our hands. Absolutely. It's the goodwill now that can be put forward in science, in art, in education, in, in every field. Let's understand and let's bring our goodwill. We are going to heal these children, embrace them, help them die. But those who are coming on earth, let, it, let them start coming well. Mm -hmm. So mothers, parents, conscious conception, conscious pregnancy, really doing that with awareness. But I think it's also important to realize that it's up to us, just the common people that aren't calling the shots because it seemed that at the upper echelon of banking, politics, religion, entertainment, they're all partaking in this system, this corrupt, oh. depraved system. And they are the ones that people are looking up to and listening to and allowing them to, to bring in their authority and tell them how close they can stand near someone or how they have to school their children or if they can leave their house or not. And we're listening to them, so it's up to us it's not, they're not, it's not going to come from the top down, right? Because that's where the problem is. It's going to, it has to come from everybody because I'm sure there are people, some of them at the top who are not that corrupt. They can also 
understand some things. But listen, Bayer, the pharmaceutical company, has bought Monsanto. Yes. Monsanto has all the glyphosates and everything. We pollute the earth with such an arrogance. We pollute the air. We have no right because it doesn't stop at children. It's the air and water. These elements are everything for us. Without water, without air, we die. And we despise them. So we are here to honor life. And, um, and it will be done. And we have to be more and more people waking up, at least in our daily life. Some of us can be activists. Others will be into connection with their own self. Because one Sasha on earth makes the earth more beautiful. We're there on the top there in Canada. Some people in Vietnam are right now benefiting from your willingness to spread the word. Mm. word. We're not just human beings right here. We're not limited by our physical body. We are energy, remember? So, so many around the world connect with the kind of work you're doing. So important. So important. You're bringing consciousness through media, through podcasts, through programs. Hello, this is life. It's about connecting and, um, and thinking. So you're doing your work and others will be inspired to do theirs by hearing you. And so speaking of work, so how are you spending most of your time these days? What, what are you involved in with your products? Because you have done powerful, important work for a long time. So what are you up to these days? I think I've never worked so much in my life. There's either an, an ebook being written, either a book for children, and I'm being consultant with so many extraordinary people. We are creating a prenatal alliance. No, yeah, prenatal alliance. It's about to be launched in less than a month from now. Something for everybody on earth who wants to discuss the stuff of prenatal mm. can belong. And you you'll be you'll be privy to that. And it's inventive. And it, when we have our meetings, it's nine o'clock here in um in uh, Brazil, it's uh, six o'clock, six o'clock, no, even before, it's five o'clock in the morning in British Columbia, and it's nine o'clock in the evening in Japan, and we have people from Turkey and uh, Norway, there's a Portuguese lady. So we are trying to activate the maximum we can, not things that can be found easily on the internet, but things that come from the wisdom from these women from China and India, just dynamite, wow. and they're bringing forth the understanding that prenatal life, prenatal parenting matters is one of our slogans. But we're starting. This is one of the gifts of the, the pandemic. Otherwise here, I'm gonna right now go to a, a center where pregnant women can come all day and we have activities there. And then we're starting to organize a little bit better, but already it's fascinating. Um, a friend of mine, she wants to go to a great university in America. So she said, I need great extracurricular activities. So she comes from Sao Paulo, she brings her, she's 17, plays a flute for the harmony of pregnancy and, uh, and helps them. She's doing plenty of, of work so that she can write about it. And um, she wants to be a doctor, a surgeon. And uh, she said, I need to do something that nobody has ever done. So, well, here you are, you've been my guest every time you come. Let's be together. So it's a, I sometimes feel less than an ant doing little work. Little <laughs> that, that's taking the, the little leaves and bigger than they are. Yeah. But 
I know that there's something bright that inspires me. Is this power of pregnant women? It's a delight and has never been tapped on. There's a resource that we have not used yet that goes beyond any reform in education or politics or economics. And I love those reforms, but let's do it the simple way, bringing on earth human beings who, who are friends with life. And then let's see what happens. Sasha Stoneham once asked me, so what, how will the world be like that? I said, oh, no, I dream of it. It's amazing. Um, what will we do? Communication intraspecies? Once we are in harmony, when we don't need good and evil to evolve so much horrible um, ambivalences, when we truly can be fierce and, um, and embrace life, what will life be around the planet when this is for the majority? It will be very interesting. Lots of work, I'm sure, but the ambiance will be amazing. Absolutely. I hope to see it one day. <laughs> I think you will. You think I will? Oh, well. You will see the, the, the onset because this is what we're meant to do, to be, in, to be healthy, to, to have brotherhood on earth, kinship with all life. This is healthy. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you for doing the work that you do. I'm so glad that I came across your work and what you do. And, oh, the women that are in contact with you, the pregnant mamas and everything you've done, they're so blessed to, to have that opportunity. I mean, it's just, it's priceless. It's sacred. It's, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. But it's also simple, remember? When I knew those things and I was pregnant myself, oh my goodness, it simplifies so much. Doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Get rid of the gadgets, get rid of the, the everything that separates you from your baby. Just you just need you and baby and oh, awareness. Oh, 32. What a joy. I mean, it's still the joy, it's a bigger joy, even. I mean, gosh, yes, guys, please do it. You do, just this, yeah, be yourself. That's the secret. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So wonders with of the womb. Is there any other website that I can direct people to right now? Or that's uh, right not now, yet. The are not ready. The other ones are in Portuguese. Uh, it's called Anep Brazil. I'll send you. I'll send sure. you some stuff if okay. you have Brazilian listeners, but soon you'll know about prenatal alliance and mm. we'll laugh together. Oh, I'm excited to learn more about that. Okay. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate your conversation with me today. It's important. It's powerful. And I really honor it. So thank you very much. Thank you. And good celebrations for the birthday of your son. Today. Oh, thank good you. Joy. Thank you. Bye. And all the best. Much love.